Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jazzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Hala Hala podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Ishtabag people. Welcome to our Taste Us episode one of two on this double drop Wednesday <laughs> in the middle of May, where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. On this episode of the Taste Test, Jesse samples the maiden issue, the mm. premiere issue of Vogue Philippines, yes. which, by the way, Kuya <laughs> traveled from the Philippines. Oh, I know. By request of my lovely Auntie Carmen. Auntie Carmen, if you're listening, hello. Maraming Thank salamat. you so much. Maraming salamat. Maraming salamat po. Salamat po. She brought it. She didn't know if she could get it because I thought she would just have to go to a newsstand. She had to go to a store, a fashion store, which wow. would provide it. And it was packaged. She's like, I'll do my best. And she surprised me when I saw her in October. And Thanksgiving, and she's like, oh, tita, For you, you. Jazzy, I'm like, Thank you very much. So, Kuya, mm. I love delivering it to you in October because, like, look at this. I'm like, I, I know. know, fancy, <laughs> and it probably smelled like a fresh magazine. It really was. And let's get into it. What did that premiere issue of Vogue Philippines taste like to you? Mm. It tasted like dark chocolate truffles to Ooh. me. Mm, sleek and shiny on the outside, creamy and rich on the inside. It was beautiful <laughs> and warm. It was really sleek, really sleek mm-hmm. and really sublime is what I would also say. I think sometimes when we think about Filipino fashion and Filipino styling and sensibilities, there's something very brash and sometimes in your face about our style but they really took a subdued and sublime approach and I really appreciated it. And that's why I kind of think that it feels like or tastes like dark chocolate truffle. Now, for those of our listeners that don't know anything about Vogue or Vogue Philippines, it took three years in the making. Wow. On Day Nas, the parent company of Vogue and One Megacore, which is a Philippine media company. They partnered together to produce this international version or Vogue Philippines. And this is known as the 27th. Imagine this. Oh, wow. 27th international edition of the Vogue brand with Chloe Magno gracing the cover. And so, again, you would think that maybe they would be in Philippine color, but what was really interesting is is that the cover was very reminiscent of the beaches and the earthy texture of the Philippine soil. So that was kind of fun to see. Mm -hmm. And you can see in the maiden issue, the thought and time, just like it takes to make truffles to put this magazine and book together. And I have to say, when you handed it over to me... It was heavy. It was heavy. (laughs) It was thick as the May edition of U.S. Vogue. And again, I can't help but keep saying that it was such a sublime take on Philippine fashion. Such a throwback. Thick magazine, like the old school Mm, days of us in the early 2000s where Kuya magazine came out. So it was such a throwback to our pop culture delivery of magazines. Now... Definitely. I know that dark truffle can is a lot of calories. You know what? Mm-hmm. Was it worth these lovely pop culture calories? Yeah, and I'm glad to kind of put them wherever <laughs> they land on my body as far as... <laughs> yes, many times over, its richness and photographic content takes time to digest. And so you kind of have to flip it through. And I don't know about you, but 
when I flip through a fashion magazine, especially like Vogue, you know, mm-hmm. I have to kind of go through it really quickly just to see what it feels like looking at it second per second going through and being odd. Mm-hmm. And then other times I take time to actually study and sometimes I go back and I actually read the articles to see what oh, they yeah. have to say. So in terms of the pop culture calories, yes, many times over did I partake <laughs> in it. I have a few observations, which is, is, is oh, yeah. that in terms of one of them, it carries both the international and local advertisements. And I thought that that was really fascinating. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see how local brands will need to adapt to a worldwide stage because invariably, you know, you'll look at it and it's like, oh, I know that brand. And it's interesting that they're advertising themselves in this way on the global stage because in as much as that this is an international edition, it's also an edition that's going to be looked at from around the world, like other people will look at it. Mm-hmm. The other observation I have is that the articles were really well thought out, showcasing articles on craftsmanship of the fashion in the Philippines and Filipino creativity. So I was really impressed that they focused on that. So those are just two observations that I wanted to make about this particular maiden issue of Vogue Philippines. What does it remind you of in the pop culture buffet? I think, of course, it reminds me of every other edition of Vogue that's out there. Mm. Now, what's interesting is how there is a distinct North American lens and styling placed upon Vogue Philippines. Mm. So as I'm kind of going through, it's like, wow, there is a decidedly, if you will, American viewing or Western style on it. And one might think, oh, it's like colonialism kind of rearing its ugly head. And perhaps it probably is. Mm -hmm. But all of this made me want to research why. And what I discovered in my research is that Condé Nast recently consolidated its reporting structure of all international editions under certain deputies that report to Anna Wintour, who is now not just the editor-in-chief of U.S. Vogue, but is also the global chief content officer. If she That is have, big. It's That's huge. interesting, Cleo. That's good research. Right. And I just was kind of like, wow. So not only does she have the taste making abilities for the U.S., but she has it for the entire globe. So she's she's indeed an an international tastemaker. Indeed, Mm -hmm. she's smart. Now, this explains why essentially Bia Valdez, who is the editor-in-chief of Vogue Philippines, who doesn't have any editorial experience, has been installed in that position. So perhaps Bia Valdez has kind of the creativity and style, but the finesse is probably added by Anna Wintour and her deputies. Oh, wow. Now, I do want to kind of share a bit of a side note, which is kind of like a juicy thing to know. Easter eggs of fun here. Okay. Yeah. In Fashion Week in Paris, we would typically see all the international Vogue editors-in-chief sit in the front row alongside Anna. And since the reorganization... They've all but disappeared or mostly Hmm. disappeared. I think Anna Wintour probably had her way with Conte Nass and got rid of everybody and probably didn't like all the other editors. And from what I understand in my research, all Hmm. these other international Vogue editors ran their own little fiefdoms of sorts. And they Uh. had no reporting or you know, consultation or collaboration with Anna. Well, I guess that's all over now. And we figured out who's won in all of that. This is so, like Double Wars Prada. When like else she wasn't happy with Jacqueline. Yes, she did that's not right. Like Jacqueline. That's right. Same and thing, so she doesn't like Bea. Yeah, she that's does not right. like Bea. And yeah. she'll take all the people, the long list of people that Anna will take away with her with well, her she walks. <laughs> it makes me think. Mm-hmm. Bea has to get her vision across and approved by global content. In this case, being Anna Wintour. 
And I have to just digress. All of that just reminds me of the power struggles in like Succession Ooh. or House of Cards or Empire. It just makes me think, oh God, there's stories to be told there. Okay, we're recording this. This is Pat and Kuya. Like you just created a plot line. <laughs> That's right. You just created a plot line for yeah. a global brand in fashion. Don't yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. someone. You know, said it here like first. Amazon Prime. That's right. I think you should consult. Okay. So now what did you appreciate about this first issue of Vogue Philippines? What I very much appreciated about it was their, of course, purposeful attempts to include Filipinos, but also include Filipinos in the diaspora and their showcasing of not only what goes on in the Philippines, but what goes mm. on with Filipinos around the world. And oh, that's great. Yeah, because it wasn't just centered on what's going on in the Philippines. It's what's going on with anyone with Filipino heritage. So that's what I appreciated about the Vogue would you, edition. Of would you sample this again? Oh, certainly. And I have. So yeah. for me, at least, it's not only just picking up this issue. It's like any other issue, or especially since they're making waves or have made wave with their second edition or their second yes. edition, having mm -hmm. the 106-year-old tattoo artist, Apple Wang Ad, being on the cover and being the Which oldest model on the cover. Groundbreaking. Yeah, Amazing. And showing sure. beauty. Yeah. Such beauty. Yeah. Very beautiful. Very yeah. beautiful, too. All right. Now, to whom would you recommend this magazine? Well, I guess one way to think about it is in the inverse. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who only, 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 only reads men's health. If that's the only thing you read, <laughs> then this is not the magazine for you. They're probably like looking for the workouts and stuff like that. They may appreciate the beautiful women throughout all the advertisements, but that's probably the individuals I would not recommend it to. I think anyone can pick this up and probably appreciate something from it. So I think it has a lot of variety and a lot of appeal. I think that the great observation you made about Philippines and the diaspora, I think that encourages people. I hope I'm a so. Philippine and diaspora to pick up that with such pride, right? We, you, you mentioned all the time about how does, you know, we claim Filipino culture. How does it claim you? Mm -hmm. the magazines talk about Philippines and diaspora. Maybe it encourages us to open up that cover. claiming up the Filipinos in the diaspora. That's really interesting. And what does that say about their ideas about Filipino citizenship? or yeah, being, exactly. what it means to be a Filipino. So pick up Vogue, Philippines. I think that's the best way to end it, folks. Pick it up. Tell us more about it and what your experience is reading right. with it. And about the new cover with the 106-year-old beauty yeah. at any age. Email us at halahalapopculture at gmail.com. The Halahala Podcast is available on all platforms. Listen, download us, rate us, leave a review, tell your friends about us. You can find us on social media. We're at on Twitter at Pop and on Instagram at Culture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Charles Ringen. We'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you guys soon. <laughs>